Andy, my dude, have you heard of the magical website builder known as Squarespace? Ugh, not another Squarespace ad. I feel like every podcast is sponsored by them. <laughs> hey, 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 don't knock it till you try it. Yes, okay, it is overhyped. But actually, it lives up to the hype. Squarespace is like a website fairy godmother. With a click of a button, your site transforms into a beautiful masterpiece. A website fairy godmother? That sounds interesting. What makes it so magical? Well, for starters, those slick templates make anyone look like a professional web designer. Pick one, customize the colors and fonts to match your brand, and voila. Plus, the drag-and-drop fluid engine is so easy, your grandma could build a site on Squarespace. Well, she did knit me a lovely scarf last Christmas. Maybe website design is next. Exactly. And when you're ready to sell your Nana's handmade scarves online, Squarespace has built-in e-commerce. Add a store with one click. Get flexible payment options. Then watch those sales roll in. And when she wants to teach others her steezy scarf skills, Squarespace's new courses feature is just the ticket. Nana can set up her curriculum and enrollments and payments in a snap and become the next e-knitting influencer. Wow, you really sold me with the grandma angle. Sign me up for that free try. Just go to thenextreel.com slash Squarespace and transform your site into a beautiful Squarespace masterpiece. Well, thanks, Pete. Even though it's overhyped, Squarespace actually sounds perfect for Nana's site's needs. Appreciate the warning on the ads, though. I'll brace myself next time I listen to a podcast. Anytime. Let me know if you need any help getting that site up and running. Andy, can you believe we've almost hit 700 episodes of The Next Reel? I know, it's crazy. And with all the other episodes in our family of podcasts, we are well over 1,200 episodes of movie conversation. It's really pretty amazing that we've gotten to have these in-depth movie chats every week for over a decade now. And we couldn't have done it without our loyal community of film fans. Their support over the years has meant so much. For sure. That reminds me, we should give the merch store a shout out. Buying shirts from thenextreel.com slash merch is a great way listeners can continue to support the show. Plus, they get to support our great designs. Absolutely. I think sometimes folks forget we have a variety of shirts, mugs, phone cases, and more available. In fact, a great place to start is with a shirt sporting the Next Reel's logo. We also have that classic Fast Times Spicoli Surf School tee, or the weirdly popular Rusty's European Tour shirt. The one from National Foods European Vacation. Why is that so popular? <laughs> Search me, but we have sold a ridiculous number of those. I guess there are a lot of Rusties taking trips to Europe? We're always adding new designs based on movies we've covered, like our brand new design for a streetcar named Desire, featuring a streetcar named Desire. So if you want to rep your love of TNR and films, head to thenextreel.com slash merch. Every purchase helps us continue to have these weekly in-depth conversations. So visit thenextreel.com slash merch today. And as always, thanks for listening and being a part of the Next Real community. We've got lots more great movie chats coming your way. It's showtime, folks. Enjoy the show. Kind of fine Saturday matinee to you, Andy. Hey, hey, hey. Good morning. You're just going to do all of the morning lines now? Is that too perky? Is that that's way too perky? <laughs> that's right. Well, Steve's Steve's not here, yeah. so I gotta I gotta take over, <laughs> fill in for everybody. It's, it's, you sound ridiculous. Just so that's on the table. Really? Yeah. It's really like... ridiculous. Bienvenidos. <laughs> Willkommen. <laughs> 
Bienvenue. I actually, I slept through my alarm this morning, Andy. I don't know how that happens. Like, it works, but I woke up, luckily, uh, and depressingly, I guess I'm getting older because... Now I just wake up early. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know that? Like now I'm my grandfather. Hey, yeah, I, I know that. I woke up at four this morning, Pete, on my own. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> That's right. These things just happen sometimes. Oh, dear. It's not good. It's not good. How is your, uh, how's your movie life? Uh, it hasn't been too bad. I did get to go see Thor Ragnarok, which I uh, quite loved. So that was a lot of fun. Did you? What Of the three, where do you stand? Oh, it was absolutely my favorite of the three. It's just just a blast. It's uh, up there as far as my favorites of the Marvel films. I'd have to rewatch a few of them, but it certainly is way up high. It just was a there blast. Are some, there are some real haters, uh, people who have said that it disrespected thor well you know those people i don't know any of those people i've i've seen some comments from people who really just Mm -hmm. found it uh awful but i guess it depends on what you're looking for you know um it, it certainly wasn't like misdirected like uh like stallone's judge dread which seemed i mean i was never a judge dread fan but it just seemed like that was not the direction that the judge dread character ever should have gone it's kind of that stupid rob schneider mm-hmm. comedy mm-hmm. uh and and thor is just kind of a, a an obscure uh maybe not obscure but kind of a peculiar superhero because he's like this norse god it's like well, that's not really a superhero then you know it's a totally kind of different mm-hmm. thing so I, I don't know. I feel like they uh, they treated it with some kind of uh, peculiar uh, tones that uh, I thought that the property might uh, warrant. Uh, okay, so the the executioner bit mm-hmm. that was straight out of the comic, right? Where the the executioner and you know you know who we are, everybody. Spoilers abound. Um, the executioner at the end does the rescue uh, from. Asgard with two AK-47s uh, shooting all of the aliens, the zombie Asgardians. Yeah, the zombie. Uh, and yeah, the zombie, whatever it is, shooting them with these AK-47s and uh, or whatever, whatever kind of assault <laughs> rifle they are, uh, shoots them and they are tumbling out of this, this spacecraft and it's a big explosive thing and that's the first time i had trouble with the with the film the film is if you step back and realize it's ridiculously violent but it's so cartoon violent that you don't even think about it like i don't even didn't even notice it like the entire premise of the movie is that it's thor and his buddies against the goddess of death right i mean it's just she that's pretty much her stock and trade it's what she does Exactly. Right. right. And then and then and and so it's so fantastical the spears and the spearing and the stabbing and the all of that uh that you don't even think about it until the AKs. And then, the M- then they're I, M16s, then real. M16s. It, it, exactly. I went over M16s. to our friend the imfdb.org website to check. God, I'm so glad that exists. <laughs> oh my. Thank God for times like this <laughs> when you absolutely positively need to know the guns. Um and then it then it 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 just it just stuck it just stuck in my head. That's a that's a real gun. Yeah. Suddenly, that's not a cartoon gun. And we got a problem with guns. 
right, in the U.S.? We do. Did you think about it at all? No, because it's, you know, they're in Asgard. It just, you know, I guess for me, it didn't phase me. Because Asgard's where the people are, Andy. <laughs> Asgard's where the people are. It does, Asgard's in your heart, baby. Well, in this particular case, it was the real Asgard that they were in. <laughs> <laughs> and he was shooting at zombies. So I guess the whole thing just, you know, it was it was already at a point where everything was just absurd. And so it didn't it didn't really hit me in any way where it was kind of a, a tone deaf at all, all of a sudden. So I didn't have an issue with it. You are clearly totally immune at this point. <laughs> That's what you're saying. <laughs> Can we talk about trailers? Let's talk about trailers. Oh, Andy. I'm going to go first. Yeah, I, you don't, uh, it's not quite the red band rule, but, you know, it, it's, it warrants it a little more than mine. Oh, it's, it's, it's kind of red It bandy. is kind of red bandy, kind but it didn't have bandy. one, so. I actually have a pair of trailers. My, the real trailer is Game Night, 2018 Game Night. It is a story of a group of friends who meet regularly for Game Night, and they find themselves all of a sudden trying to solve a real murder mystery. And it sounds fairly banal, but uh, it comes from directors this time, John Francis Daly and Jonathan Goldstein, Goldstein, and uh, those names may not sound familiar at all to you uh, until you realize that they were two of the 10 people with screenplay credits on Spider-Man Homecoming, uh, which I just, I love that they are now doing this movie, that just for some reason that makes me very, very happy. Uh, it is uh, it stars Rachel McAdams and Jason Bateman and uh, Jesse Plemons and Kyle Chandler, uh, are some of the the bigger names you will know. Uh, uh, Billy Magnuson, uh, Kylie Bunbury. It's a it's a fairly uh, large cast. Very excited to see Lamorne Morris, a comedian and um, my favorite character on The New Girl. He is in this movie as well, one of the eight. You know, fairly simple setup. Um, it's it's kind of a setup for like the game. You know, you think right. <laughs> this is this is going to be kind of a real thing. You don't know what's real, what's not, and then it starts happening. And oh my goodness, it looks very real. Very, very real. Uh, I think Rachel McAdams, uh, by the time you get to the end of the trailer between Rachel McAdams and Jason Bateman, that this movie absolutely hooked me. Uh, they look very, very funny. What did you think? Yeah, I this this is like the game meets the man who knew too little. <laughs> I don't know if you remember seeing yes. that, yes. <laughs> that movie. Yes. It was just the most absurd Bill Murray movie that I, I just absolutely love. It's just so silly. But it's like somebody gets stuck in this real situation and has no idea that it's real. And these people are playing along with this whole thing like it's this this murder mystery that their friend set up. But the whole thing is actually real. And... <laughs> They're kind of going along with it. It just made me laugh. Everything from Jesse Plemons and his fantastic withdraw into the darkness moment that he has in the trailer, (laughs) which was so brilliant, uh, to that moment at the end when the guy gets sucked into the plane engine and and Rachel McAdams is like, yes, oh no, he's dead. You know, just just, uh, there is this comedy level with her that is just... So perfect. And Jason Jason Bateman, I always love, you know, he brings a great level of comedy to everything. And uh, his career resurgence that he's had since uh, Arrested Development, um, just I've been, been so happy to see him doing stuff. But I mean, everybody in here, it's just like Jeffrey Wright, you never get to see him in comedy, but here he is. Like, this is a great group of people to put into this comedy. So I'm very excited for this one. Well, so many of these uh, actors are such great actors before... 
they're comedians, right? And they're they have such wonderful serious roles, um, and uh, that when they are in co- comedies like this, they just absolutely shine. And uh, and so I'm I'm with you. I think it's great. Uh, unbeknownst to many, uh, Jason Bateman is actually been completely facial replaced in this movie. It was originally Kevin Spacey, oh. uh, <laughs> and it's now. <laughs> Wah, wah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we got to talk about that too. Anyway, uh, short answer is Game Night is, so, it looks very funny. It is coming, uh, it starts its rollout February 15th in Argentina and uh, rolls through uh, February uh, all the way through Mar- through May 4th in the UK. We get it in the US March 2nd. Uh, but, it, you know, here's the thing. It was actually pushed out from a February release to a March release, and I think that bodes well, Andy. I really do. Getting it closer to spring break. What do you think? Am I am I just being overly hopeful? Well, it was scheduled to be released on Valentine's Day, so I don't know if they're aiming for kind of that that Valentine's mm. Day weekend sort of uh, you know fun sort of thing to go watch with your date. Um, March second isn't quite spring break, so I don't know. It's just like a couple weeks back. Maybe they were just trying to avoid some other big movie that's popping out in uh, Valentine's yeah. Day. I don't know. Well, my bonus pick is blockers, <laughs> and I only, I really don't, I don't, you don't need to, you don't need to go watch this. I will be watching this movie. It's uh, from from director Kay Cannon. It stars Leslie Mann, John Senna, uh, Catherine Newton, um, uh, Ike Barinholtz, uh, and it is the story of parents who are uh, uh, attempting to stop their teen children from losing their virginity. It is definitely a, uh, a red bandish. Red bandish. Uh, uh, <laughs> I'd say red, yeah, it's hardcore red, red band. It's, it's <laughs> hardcore red band. It's a hardcore red band. <laughs> Hard red band. Um, but if you um, if you are a father to a teen or preteen daughter, you should you should watch this movie. I think you will get a lot out of it. You should watch this trailer. <laughs> get some pointers. It will make you. It will make you laugh cry. <laughs> <laughs> they nailed that for me. I am laugh crying all the way to the theater. Yeah, ain't that ain't that the truth? Oh my goodness! Your trailer, Andy. I think this is uh, this was not the red band uh, version of this trailer. God, I'd love to see that. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not sure what that would look like, but uh, that would be interesting. Um, uh, <laughs> I am going with the uh, the new the trailer for the uh, new Steven Spielberg film that's coming out called The Post. Uh, that is about the uh, journalists from the Washington Post and the New York Times who published leaked documents, um, the Pentagon Papers, regarding the uh, the uh, kind of the government's role in the Vietnam War and all of that sort of stuff. Um, this was a film that uh, I heard it was announced pretty soon after um, the election last year. I can't believe it's been a year. Uh, it's been mm-hmm. like, uh, announced pretty quickly because I think, you know, the way that things had been happening in Washington with uh, fake news and everything, um, people were looking for a story that dealt with the role of the press and kind of the importance of it in particular and how it looks at the government and everything. Um, and this looks like a really interesting uh, story to tell right now. And so for that, I'm quite excited about it. Uh, we have Tom Hanks, of course, uh, my favorite, who is in the film playing Ben Bradley. And uh, Meryl Streep um, playing Kay Graham. Uh, the, uh, I believe she is the, the, uh, uh, the editor at The Post. And the two of them 
kind of fighting against the government as the government's trying to shut them down and threaten uh, arrest and all of that sort of stuff. It looks like a really fantastic uh, story and a fantastic group of people here. Also, Sarah Paulson is in in the film. Bob Odenkirk looks fantastic in here. Bradley Whitford, Bruce Greenwood, Tracy Letts, uh, Matthew Reese, Allison Brie, David Cross. I mean, Jesse Plemons again. Uh, it's it's a big cast of people in this uh, really interesting looking Steven Spielberg film written by Liz Hanna and Josh Singer. So. Uh, that is my uh, trailer pick. What do you think? Zach Woods is in it, man. Zach Woods. <laughs> he is my very favorite off of Silicon Valley. How can he you is, leave his name off the, the he list? He is funny. He is funny. My favorite uh, bit with him is, is his was, death in Spy. I don't know if you remember that role, but <laughs> I still haven't seen oh my Spy. God, so funny. Got to check that one out. Yeah, I'm. I'm really disappointed that. Um, Oh, and Matthew Reese uh, is in it, right? From the Americans. Yeah. That's amazing. This is an amazing cast. And with all of these incredible people, Marky Post isn't in it at all. And that seemed like a slam dunk. <laughs> you have no love for Marky Post. Is that what I'm hearing by your reaction? That took way too long. Uh, hey. Marky Post, man. Night Court. Come on. <laughs> How do you. <laughs> God. You've been doing this the a things, long time. The, thing and you think, th- the things you think of. <sighs> Andy, dear Andy. Why? Why? But Andy. why would she be I, in it, though? Because she's fantastic. She's just fantastic. She's a fantastic human being. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up, Andy. Anyway, I'm really looking forward to this movie. I think it looks great. And um, uh, it's uh, obviously I I usually really, really love newspaper movies. You know, I'm, I'm a big fan of newspaper movies, even though I was not a big fan of Spotlight, uh, because I think newspaper movies can be better than Spotlight. Ugh. And this one I on is actually better, <laughs> better than Spotlight. Maybe that would have been better with Marky Post. I'm just saying. Uh, so I'm, I'm definitely in for this movie. This is one I want to see. And, and you could, like, everything is great about this, this, the promotional, uh, train on this movie. I love the poster that's, uh, uh currently uh, out and on IMDb with on the, on the steps is just beautiful art design. It really is. And I would love to meet somebody named Streep Hanks. That's a <laughs> awesome name. Streep Hanks. Oh, yeah. There you go. <laughs> Uh, so anyway, when's it? When when do we? Get uh, to it's going it? to have a limited Prop- release, December twenty second. Uh, so, hello Oscar. Bait. Uh, hello Oscar bait. Uh, this one, I, I hear that uh, Tom Hanks actually uh, is re- digitally replacing the role that Kevin Spacey originally had inhabited. <laughs> the other. <laughs> Oh, it's still funny. It's still funny. Still the funny. other, and, and it's going to be opening right. opposite Kevin Spacey's other digital <laughs> replaced film, uh, <laughs> All the Money in the World, December 22nd. Uh, yeah, so that's when it's going to have its limited release to get to the Oscar plug. Otherwise, January 12th is where it will have its wide release. All right. What do you think about this Spacey thing? Wow. It sure uh, shows the uh, the shift, I think, that people are taking within the industry as far as just kind of saying no more, you know, we're, we're done with this. It needs to end. And, um, I, it's, it's a really kind of a big decision on the part of Ridley Scott and his team to go through with this, especially with kind of like a month and a half before the movie opens to digitally replace, uh, Kevin Spacey's entire performance with, uh, with Christopher Plummer. 
I can only imagine the challenge that's going to be. But you know, you know, it's it's interesting to see them doing that. And I think part of it is the backlash that Harvey Weinstein had, and all the talk that there had been about films like Wind River and the Current War, and the the difficulties that those films were going to have with getting any sort of uh, notice or recognition when it comes to the awards or in the case of the current war, even getting a release because of the connections to Harvey. In this particular case with uh, with Scott's film, it happens to be an actor and he, you know, he's able to digitally replace him and make the film something that is releasable and isn't going to uh, suffer because of it. Um, it. I can only imagine it's a hard decision. It's an expensive decision. But for them, I think it's a decision that they're able to make, so they are. Whereas, the, unfortunately for the current war, they don't have that option. It's, you know, Weinstein's a producer and you really can't just digitally replace that. Yeah, I, this is, um, I don't know, we had this conversation in, in Slack and, um, you know, I think who originally first got to it, I think it was, was Steve in Slack. He posted this link about Plummer replacing Spacey and all the money in the world. And, and so I made kind of a, a snap comment, you know, this is what you'll never work in this town again really looks like, you know, amazing. And, you know, Ben Lott and, and Nick Langdon, they came back with the, with some really good points, right? That, that you know, if this is, Ben says, if this is the attitude in Hollywood, uh, that Hollywood holds uh, and the world doesn't suffer from cultural amnesia, we should be seeing, we shouldn't be seeing any more films from Roman Polanski or Mel Gibson, right? Uh, um, you know, Mad, Mad Mel's last film, says Nick, got nominated for four Oscars and was invited into all the chat shows, so it's clear he's been forgiven. Uh, you know, ditto for Polanski and Woody Allen. Uh, I don't know if this is, does this feel different to you? Mel Gibson and Woody Allen are different beasts to tackle because they are kind of in the um, Michael Richards camp of, well, you've said some things that are pretty atrocious or in Woody Allen's case, you know, just the ick factor. But is there anything that's legally wrong that, you know, you could have been sued for or anything? Maybe not. Um, but in the case of Roman Polanski, that's the one that for me, it, it always like, it's like, gosh, I can't believe that people are still acting in his films and that he's still out there making films and everything. And I've seen some of them. I, I can't say that I had completely shut him out, but I, more and more as time goes by, I'm feeling less and less inclined to really look at anything of his. Yeah, yeah, I think so too. This one, this one does feel a, a little bit uh, different to me. It feels like um, Spacey, it feels like the shock was just, you know, for those of us who aren't in Hollywood, now it's out that, that if, you know, my goodness, he's been doing this um, quite a bit. The allegations are are thick. Uh, but for those of us who, who kind of live outside of the establishment, that's the, the I, I was not aware of any of those rumors. You know, Kevin Spacey was beloved. And, uh, and now it's... Um, goodness, it's, it is as much shock and awe as it is straight up heartbreak. And... So he he feels very much like a um, a symbol, a bellwether, and uh, to me, and I I really hope that um, you know it's a symbol of change. That that Harvey Weinstein, you look at at Harvey and just how he behaves, and uh, you know it's easy to see how he gets the reputation. Oh, that's just Harvey, right? Mm-hmm. In in Hollywood, like it's easy to see that because he just he kind of exudes I'm a Hollywood monster, and Spacey does not to me. And and never has, and so that this blowback is happening, um, you know, strikes me as every bit the the response to who we thought he was. Um, I I don't know. It's 
time time for change and and you know we talked talked about maybe a little bit the the Tom Hanks comments you know Tom Hanks has, has did some fantastic interviews with uh BBC um you know where he was asked about this when he was doing press for the last film and he said you know all of it has to come out all of it has to come out this this is the reckoning yeah. right this this has to come out uh and we have to be able to to clean out you know clean out the sewage in in the pipes you know we have to be able to start over uh, in so many ways and take this out of our system. Yeah, it's it'll be a, a really, I mean, we're already seeing more. Louis C.K., you know, that was just, uh, that uh, just happened. Another one. And, and, and you know, it, it, I'm only just waiting for more. I mean, Brian Singer had stories happening with him, you know, 20 years ago. And I'm yeah. just waiting for, is that going to um, resurface? Like, are there going to be more of these things that just kind of are brought back to the forefront? I mean, Corey Feldman came out again about the the child abuse that, uh, that you know, child actors uh, dealt with. And, and so it's, it's going to be a really interesting time. And it's interesting how it's going to be um, expanding outside of the entertainment world. I mean, it already is into the political world and other arenas that, where there's just powerful people who are able to, you know, take their power and... and and uh, use it to uh, ill means on on people um, to get what they want. Um, so we'll see how it kind of continues shaking out, but it's definitely shaking out. It's just awful. It's just awful. Uh, okay, you, what, you want to talk about the list? Do you have? Do you, we need to talk about the box office? Do we have uh, numbers to talk about this? Well, week? Thor uh, obviously uh, did a great job at the box office. Um, it had a. Uh, 122.7 million dollar opening last weekend, the fourth largest of the year so far. Uh, so it kicked off really nicely, and it's already crossed 500 million worldwide. So it's uh, it's doing pretty well for itself, I'd say. The um, yeah. this weekend we have Murder on the Orient Express and a limited release of uh, Lady Bird and Daddy's Home Two. Everybody's been looking forward to that one. So I don't know if anything's going to take uh, Thor down, but um, it'll be interesting to see who pushes into second. Indeed, it will. I hope Thor has a nice, nice long run. I do too. I nice do too. long run. It's wacky. It is lots of fun. Yeah. Lots of fun. Now let's talk about these this list, Andy. I was not here to rein you guys in last week. Yeah, your whole and your so whole you came up with a list that's. <laughs> possibly as broad as any topic you have ever broached. Hey, sometimes you got to be broad. Stamps, it was a very <laughs> narrow thing. For for those of you who are, are tuning in every week, we we do a list and the list is a uh, a chance to tie something into the film that we're talking about that particular week. This week we were talking about um, the uh, wonderful Juan Jose Campanella film Son of the Bride. Um and there is, uh, you know, it's a nice wedding with uh, his parents that they get remarried. And it's really touching. And so we thought this week, hey, let's be nice and broad. How about films with uh, weddings in them? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, you did that. You certainly did, well, Andy. It'll be really interesting in this particular case because last week with stamps, um, I think that yeah, you know, you even commented after you heard the show. It's like, wow, okay, you you pretty much took all of my stamp movies. Um, there weren't that many, except for my list of Terrence stamp movies, yeah. which I think it took you too long to get my joke. Well, <laughs> it's it's right up there with your uh, 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 Marky Post joke, Pete. Right up there. <laughs> 
Andy, those two jokes are in different, <laughs> different atmosphere. Let's see. It's just not the even stamp related. and the post. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I think they're pretty much right in the same ballpark. <laughs> <laughs> All I could say is, you better hope I have more fantastic material like that up my sleeve. I, I'm not telling anything. I'm hoping. I'm hoping. <laughs> but hey, why don't you kick it off, Pete? <laughs> well, Andy, I there. You know, the great weddings uh, c- generally come as a result of the the ride that it takes to get there, right? I mean, you you. I, I feel like the the best wedding movies uh, are are the wedding movies where you just really fall in love with the people and the experience, and and uh, so I had to start with uh, possibly uh, the best, most sort of quintessential wedding in any movie. Uh, that I can remember, and it takes me back to my younger years, Andy, and that is the wedding in The Princess Bride. Mowage. <laughs> All right? That is one of my very, very favorite wedding scenes. Uh, can we hurry this up a bit? Skip to the <laughs> end! Skip to the end! Uh, I just uh, can't get enough of a that dweem particular wedding within scene. Within a dweem. <laughs> Within a dream, yeah, and and uh, it is just a it's a sweet sweet uh, memory of a, a great wedding, and I think it actually is a theme for the weddings that I have. I, I think two of the three of them are actually weddings that are broken up, uh, in some way, shape, or form. So uh, that kicks off my list. That's a fantastic start. Um, I will cross that off, so I won't be talking about that one. Um, but- <laughs> But I am going to uh, also start with a wedding that gets broken up. And um, I think that I love this uh, this film so much because this was a big resurgence for uh, Disney's animated uh, studios um, in the late 80s. And it is, of course, the wedding toward the end, the, the climax of The Little Mermaid. And it's it's such a great film, and here you have this this uh, really climactic moment when uh, Ariel she's like she's you know been uh, you know unable to get to this wedding. It's out on this boat, and it's being uh, it's the wedding of Ursula, who has disguised herself as this woman who's using uh, Ariel's voice locked in this little shell around her neck uh, to hypnotize Prince Eric. And we have this wedding; they're getting married out on the boat. And it's up to Ariel and all of her sea friends to stop it and uh, and prevent Ursula from going through with this because it you know it's going to be the destruction of everything. Um, fantastic moment, and uh, my favorite part of the whole thing, of course, is when it's the reveal that it is Ursula and she transforms back into Ursula and it's just like this giant explosion of octopus everywhere as she uh, as she rips out of her wedding dress and attacks Ariel. <laughs> Fantastic. I love that wedding. I love the scene. I love the movie. There you go. That's a great pick. I, I didn't pick any animated weddings. I'm, I don't know I'm if there are that many others. on the list. I don't know <laughs> if there are. Uh, I guess, do they, do they get married at the end of Beauty and the Beast, or do they just... Uh everybody's Roll just happy see i think that's what happens they're with a lot of happy. them it's just yeah. they're all happy they're together they're kissing and but i don't it's like gosh i do yeah, they're suddenly living in sin <laughs> right uh, <laughs> it sends a different exactly message. Right. my my uh number two pick uh is actually fantastic because 
uh, not because of the one wedding, but because there are so, so many weddings, and that is Wedding Crashers. Uh, and uh, I I actually was delighted by this movie, Owen Wilson and Vince Vaughn. I think it's, it is one of their uh, better films together. But uh, the wedding to really celebrate here is the very last wedding, where you get the fantastic rom-com break in all of the nonsense of the film, uh, as Rachel McAdams is leaving the uh, leaving, she's walking out of the wedding, and you have Owen Wilson making his case to her in a wedding, pleading for love of the maid of honor, and it is uh, it, it's a very sweet moment in an otherwise uh, crazy um, uh, crazy film that I think was uh, it was very very funny for me. So uh, wedding and the weddings that they crash are great, uh, and uh, I. That that becomes it so becomes sort of the fantasy movie for me. Like I, I would love to just make a, a have a profession of crashing weddings and getting a lot of free food and, <laughs> and um, playing all kinds of different roles. That sounds really fun to me, but I've never been that guy. Well, and I think this is the film that introduced me to Isla Fisher, who I instantly fell in love with. She was fantastic in that movie. Yeah, that's right. That's right. I, I really enjoyed that movie. It for me, it it went on a little too long. I could have uh, done without some of the. Uh, the bits with um uh oh why am i blanking on his name all of a sudden will ferrell who pops in as the you know the yeah. um but i still enjoyed it it was still fun christopher walken man christopher walken uh my number two pete is a wedding that i think uh the i think the entire film is just really powerful and brilliant what i find so interesting about the wedding in uh, this film is that the wedding is they're getting married for the wrong reasons. And you realize that right away with the characters. And then it takes the rest of the film for them to figure out, uh, you know, that there actually is love there and how to actually make it work. The film is of course, Jerry Maguire, which I think is just a a brilliant, brilliant film. And that I just, I love to pieces. Um, And I love the way that the entire wedding is shot. It's all pretty much one camera shot focusing on, on the little boy as he's kind of the ring bearer at their wedding. And it's just a low shot looking at him as he's standing between uh, Jerry and uh, Renee uh, Zellweger's character. And you just kind of see um, him as he kind of keeps lifting the ring up, like for them to take it and stuff. And finally they take the ring and everything. It's just super cute. It's just absolutely adorable. I love it. But I think it also speaks to the way that the wedding is kind of uh, the the importance of the wedding as far as, you know, what it means to Jerry at this particular point in time. It's really just kind of a connection with these people and a connection with the kid. But he's he's just kind of a buddy to Dorothy at this point. And it's not until later in the film that he realizes that she completes him. So that's my number two. Aww. That's a great pick. People make too much fun of Jerry Maguire. I think there were too many lines that are able to be taken out of context and lampooned. And that's actually, it is, on the whole, it's a very sweet movie. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. People should shut up. People should. (laughs) (laughs) Hear, hear. Uh, My... My uh, final uh, wedding, Andy, when I heard you guys say, oh, let's do wedding films, there's only one wedding that popped into my mind immediately, and it locked in as my number one early. I talk about this wedding all the time. When I got married, I said, I hope it's not that. Uh, And that is the fantastic climactic sequence in Mike Nichols' The Graduate. Uh, Dustin Hoffman <laughs> is uh, c- coming to uh, uh, to uh, Catherine Ross's wedding, and it is 
it's a beautiful scene. He's coming to break it up and tell her that he loves her and take her back, but it is a beautifully shot scene as he's trying to get into the church. We have these wonderful shots of, of um, you know, from the, 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 the perspective of the bride and groom looking back up over the crowd with him in the standing up on the second level of in this giant glass window with his hands up trying to get in and stop them, and then it's reverse perspective kind of through his arm and head and looking down on them, getting married. It just is, it really builds the intensity of the sequence of his desperation and the just ferociousness that he's he's willing to approach this whole experience. And then he gets her and they start running out and he attempts to beat off the throngs with a cross in the lobby of the church. I'm in hysterics at this point when he then uses the cross to barricade the door and lock all of the guests in the church with a cross. It is beautiful and sacrilegious at the same time. And and the fact that it ends with them on a public city bus, like in the very back, <laughs> looking through the window of the the scene of, of uh, you know, ceremonial carnage that they have left behind, it delights me every, every, every time. It's just one real highlight in a movie that doesn't seem to age for me. That's The Graduate. Well, and it's just a brilliant last shot because it's like the two of them, like, yeah. we did it, and then they're kind of looking at each other like, oh, okay. It was... <laughs> well, it's what the ultimate what yeah, now? Yeah, and it's like, is this the right decision? It's I, I don't know. It just yeah. <laughs> it, it was like the perfect ending for that film. Great choice. Totally. Well, Pete, where would we be on a list? And as many weddings as there are in films, where would we be if I didn't cheat a little bit? <laughs> oh, oh, dear. <laughs> I am not picking a wedding for my last one. Is it one. about a divorce? It's not You're about a divorce. a divorce. No, but I'm picking I'm picking a rehearsal, <laughs> a wedding rehearsal. <laughs> <laughs> and it's because it says so much about this entire film. And it is uh, particularly Kill Bill Volume 2, but really it's kind of the entire Kill Bill, the whole bloody affair. Um, this is a film about this bride, this pregnant bride who, uh, who gets shot and survives and then goes on this uh, revenge rampage, kind of killing everybody from the deadly Viper assassination squad who was involved in her uh, attempted assassination. But it happens to be she's, she's getting married to uh, her uh, former lover, uh, uh, or sorry, not the, her former lover. She's getting married to this guy who's just, she's trying to kind of settle down and everything. And um, so she's at her wedding rehearsal when Bill and the uh, Deadly Vipers come in and uh, decide to do all of this. Um, it, that's a fantastic scene that we see play out fully in part two. But really, it's just kind of that's this this point in the story where the bride is uh, trying to settle down before she has to go back into this life with with Bill and go after these guys. Uh, it's just it's just beautifully done. It's a really uh, fantastic setup for this entire revenge story, and um, it's not quite a wedding. It's a rehearsal, but I figured it's close enough. So that's uh, and she's called the bride through the whole film. So I figured it's it's okay. All right, I'm, I will absolutely let that pass because that's a terrific pair. It's it's possibly my favorite Tarantino, I think, and it's absolutely my favorite Uma Thurman. Oh yeah, she's great. Uh, I I get such joy out of watching Uma Thurman go through this the the escapades in this movie. It's just horrific, uh, but uh, you know the bride on her quest of vengeance. Uh, it's uh, it, the ultimate uh, bridezilla story. Well done. Uh, there you go. Great pick. 
All right, Andy. So what does that mean for this week? Uh, we've we've gotten through weddings with Son of the Bride. I'm at a little bit of a uh, uh, um, I, I'm operating a little bit of a deficit here because I have not seen the movie that we're talking about next week yet. Yeah, we're doing this. What do we the, do? The secret in their eyes. Um, well, we could do <laughs> we could do movies in their remakes. Uh, you know how much I loved the remake for the, <laughs> this particular film. Uh, we could we could do um, our favorite remakes. Uh, that would be a, certainly an interesting list. Or we could do, totally. or we could do something where um, you know it's um, people uh, digging up old cases or something like that, which could make for a little more of an obscure list. But um, yeah, there's a few options. Well, you know how I am on remakes too. I I definitely would uh, I, I would go for for that one first. But uh, maybe in this case we should just try to put ourselves in um, in Steve's shoes. What would Steve do? <laughs> WWSD. <laughs> Oh, that's give him like the phantom. Uh, vote. I don't know what Steve would do. I feel like he would uh, probably go with the um, the more obscure choice of the, uh, you know, I'm, looking, I'm looking sure at kind would. of cold cases. <laughs> <laughs> cold case movies it is. There it is. All right. Cold case movies. Okay. I'm making a note. I will tell you, unlike best weddings, I have nothing in my head right now. There is no quintessential cold case movie for me. Yeah, Yet. nothing's popped into my so head. I'm, either. I'm excited. Yeah. yeah, I'm excited to pull this one apart. This should be a lot of fun. Absolutely. Uh, thank you, everybody, for downloading and listening to us uh, ramble this fine Saturday morning. We sure appreciate your time and attention, and, and uh, definitely, definitely we appreciate your Patreon support. If you're listening to this, you are most likely a Patreon supporter, because I think that's just about the only place you can get this thing. But if you manage to sneak it somewhere else, please consider heading over to patreon.com slash the next reel and supporting us there. Then you'll get it yourself. You don't have to cheat. You don't have to be a cheater. You don't want to live your life as a cheater. That's all I'm saying. So thank you, everybody, for for supporting the show and helping us do what we do and uh, helping helping Andy in every way that you can. He needs it. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that's it. Have a great have a great weekend, Andy. <laughs> you too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. I love the conversations that so many of our hosts have had on their shows. Steve and JJ on Trailer Rewind, Ray and Ocean on Silver Linings, even Tommy's short-lived No, No, Wait, Hear Me Out. And so many films they've discussed started out as a book, a play, or even a TV series. Well, now you can support our whole family of podcasts by using our new Originals page to buy the original source material used to inspire films covered on our shows. Just visit thenextreel.com slash originals. Your purchases made through our links give us a small commission at no extra cost to you and allow us to keep having these fantastic conversations. It's a wonderful way to support the show. Producing these podcasts week after week require a ton of work behind the scenes. If you'd like to help support our efforts, try using our Originals page when shopping for books and movies that we've covered. It's your one-stop shop for Amazon and Apple links where you can buy the book, play, video game, movie, etc. upon which the movie is based. Original material for trailer rewind movies like If Beale Street Could Talk, The Goldfinch, Aniara, or The Two Faces of January. Or Silver Linings movies like Repo Men, which was based on the repossession Mambo. Plus, by using those links to buy books, Amazon and Apple show us a little bit of love, which allows you to support our family of shows with minimal effort. Visit thenextreel.com slash originals. It's a fantastic way to support the show and find a great book to read. That's right. Head over to thenextreel.com slash originals to find your next read and get started today. Mm-hmm.